This is the Press Box. The best is their chicken minis, which are these little small rolls that they have butter all over them and like a chicken nugget inside of it, and they're delicious. I gotta get out more, man. I have a slice of wheat toast. With Grainy and Bischoff. I gotta get out more. On ESPN Las Vegas. Went with the fruit this morning. Nice banana. Little water. Worst kind of fruit. You don't like bananas? Yeah, they're fine, but like have some strawberries or something. They're way better. There were some berries in the refrigerator. I passed yeah, on those. Way better than bananas. Yeah. Had some apples and oranges. Had some mangoes in there. A lot of fruit a lot of fruit at the house. Jeez, you guys healthy or something over there? Yeah, we're really healthy. Well, do you, do you even eat all that? The problem is, is when I buy fruit, I don't eat it all, and we end up throwing away more than half the fruit we buy. No, we we pour through it. The, see, I've got two. I've got a wife and a daughter who are vegans. That's right. That's so right. So forget yeah. about it. I mean, you know. And the sun eats any meat that's, you know, available within 20 miles of the house. So I'm a little in between. All right. Kira's running the show the first hour. It'll go smooth. Here we go. The first bite. Should the Raiders let Nate Hobbs play this week? Great question. Was going to actually, I was going to talk to you about this yesterday. So when it first happened and he got the DUI uh, on Monday morning, early Monday morning, the first thing I thought of is, okay, if you're about character, it's about, uh, was it six weeks since Henry Ruggs? Not, and I'm not comparing the two, but and another two, two another months day. to the day. Two months to the day. Yeah. Um, first thing I thought of is if you're really about character, which they've said along, which Rich Versace said again yesterday, we take these things very seriously. So I said, if you take these things very seriously, then you have to suspend them and make some kind of statement that this is out of control now. This is enough. So... The Raiders are in in a different spot than I think most teams are when they have a player that has any sort of off-field problem. We see a lot in the NFL. Guys will have some sort of off-field trouble, but still play the very next week. And in Nate Hobbs' situation, he's not going to have a court date or anything. He's not going to face anything until the summer, right? It's not like he's in jail right Right. now, right? Like he's he's not going to go to court until... The summer. So if you're the Raiders and if any football team would do the same thing, this guy's not guilty yet. So we're going to play him. Um, But the difference that the Raiders are in is that Henry Ruggs was in a DUI accident that killed somebody two months ago. And you also had to release Damon Arnett. You've also had Josh Jacobs. Granted, the DUI charges were dropped, but you also had Josh Jacobs last year in a similar situation. It's gotten to be where it's a mounting problem for the Raiders. And like you said, if you want to sit there with a straight face and say, we're about character and this is what's important to us, what, right? Then Nate Hobbs shouldn't be playing. Like you should be sitting down. He should be suspended for the game. But they're not going to do that. No. And again, that's what I think that's what every single NFL team in, in the league would do. I think every single team would let Nate Hobbs play. On this charge, yes. So it's not like I, I don't necessarily blame the Raiders for that because they're operating as we expect every football team to operate. But it is hard to take anybody in that organization honest, expect them to be honest when they say stuff like we care about character. Right. When they let Nate Hobbs play for a DUI charge two months after Henry Ruggs killed somebody. And Bisaccia says yesterday, he didn't answer, I know you're on there as well, he didn't answer very much, he just said, uh, it's a legal issue, we expect him to play, we take these things very seriously, long pause, he's playing on Sunday. Right. (laughs) So, (laughs) okay. 
little mixed message there. I mean, I'm not saying they don't take it seriously, but like you said, there's been so much drama. There's been so many issues with this team all year to just say, well, he's playing. This isn't, as you said, this isn't let's take the Saints who've had no problems all year. No one's gotten into trouble. And, you know, one of their star players, not that Nate Hobbs is a star player, but one of their players, let's just say one of their average players, goes in and gets this, and there's no question he's playing. Let me ask you a hypothetical question. The Raiders were eliminated from the playoffs. Is Nate Hobbs playing? It's a great question. I still think he is because I still think they go to the he's not been found yeah. guilty. I still think they play him. Probably he, is, but it is much easier if they you know lose last week and they're eliminated. It's it's much easier to sit down and say you know what, eh, Nate, let's just call, yeah. call it a season. Yeah. Let's figure out what happened here and call it a season. I want to read you a tweet from Vic Tafer yesterday, and I I need your help. I think comprehending this because it sounds it sounds really bad, but I don't know exactly what Vic Tafer meant by this. He tweeted, the Raiders and LVPD are extremely tight, and apparently the team doesn't expect Hobbs to face DUI charges similar to Josh Jacobs after his crash and arrest last January. What does that mean? Because when I read that, it sounded a whole hell of a lot yes. like Mark Davis is a wink and a handshake saying, hey, can we get my boy Nate yeah. Hobbs cleared here? And I don't know if that's what it means. You'd hope it wouldn't, but it gives it, it insinuates there's way too close of a relationship with right? the team and the police because the police the police did their job. You know, he was he was they they he he refused the breathalyzer, refused the blood test, they arrested him. Uh, they brought him in. Lawyers got him out pretty quickly. Now he'll go on the charge. Like you said, I think it's in May. And that's where the police should end. And then it should go to the DA or whoever is going to, you know, somewhat prosecute or represent the DA's office. So when you say Las Vegas uh, Police Department, at no point, at least to where a writer can tweet about this or talk about this, should there be that kind of relationship between a team and a, and a police right. department, even though... I mean, I don't think any of either of us are, you know, uh, naive enough to say that these things don't happen right. and that you know these people or you someone knows someone. I mean, there's very powerful people within the Raiders, and I'm sure, hey, hey, we know someone or call this person or you know call this you know detective or policeman or whatever. I know him. And he he can bring you up to date. He can say, well, you know, he probably won't be charged. Right, and that's so. That is the. Uh... Like innocent version of what Vic tweeted is like, hey, they they know somebody at the police department pretty well, and they've talked to him, and they think this is the way it's going to go. And if right. you're the Raiders, which and, probably happens a lot right. with powerful people. Yeah, if you're the Raiders and somebody from the police department says, yeah, probably the charges don't, they end up getting dropped, whatever. Then you're like, all right, that's good. Like that's information you have. That's sort of the innocent version of just, hey, we talked to somebody and got their expectation of what happens but just the the way Vicks worded that tweet i was just like what does that mean like the, well, the extremely and the tight situation are extremely tight yes and and the way he words it makes it sound like because the raiders and the police department are tight nate hobbs is not right. going to face charges right. not because the situation doesn't call for a dui but because they're so tight they're going to end up dropping the charges it was just like excuse me like we're putting that out there Maybe they're really tight because they, you know, keep having to deal with the Raiders. They have. Mark Davis, like Mark be Davis on a first is on a first basis yeah. with a lot of these guys. He's apparently. like my dad and the local cops uh, when it, where I grew up. Yeah. It just, <laughs> <laughs> it just sounded so much. It sounds so bad to be like, hey, they're really tight, and Nate Hobbs is not going to face right. any charges for this DUI arrest that he got. It just, 
It sounds terrible. It sounds like one of the shadiest and, things that could be going on. And it could be either. Yes. I mean, it could be totally innocent. You know, someone, everyone, you know, everyone has always got a guy, especially at that level and power. And, you know, I mean, everyone's got a guy that they can call and say, what do you think? And the person can say, I, it's just probably going to go away. Yeah. And that's it. And that could be all it is. Yeah. But it also sounds pretty bad. All right. Off of Nate Hobbs here. How healthy do you think this team is right now? Are they healthy? Do we think they're healthy? Like Darren Wall limited in practice uh, yesterday. Rich Bisaccia said today is going to be a big test to see if he can basically go back to back days with some practice or if he woke up today, felt sore and says, I don't know if I can do this again. So Darren Waller still a maybe. Uh, but beyond that, is is like Josh Jacobs okay? Like Josh Jacobs is definitely not 100%. He's but. not 100%, but they said he was limited, but he did get in some plays. He did run some plays. So he's going, I'm sure he's, you know, he's going to play. I think Waller's playing. You but think I, so? I think he's playing, but I don't think he's going to be near 100%. I think he's going to try. And if he does, we said yesterday, you at least have to honor him enough to where you got to see early on how he's running routes and how he looks. I mean, if you're the Chargers, you can't just let him go. Right. I mean, you have to make sure okay, this guy doesn't look right or he's not his regular self. Um, I think they both play. I mean, you know, the old cliche, who, who, who's healthy and now week six, 17, it used to be week 16. Um, but I think I think Job, Josh Jacobs is beat up. Um, I think Waller's beat up, but I think they both play. The interesting thing on Waller is even if he's not 100%, how much do the Chargers pay attention right. to him? Because he was, I'd have to go find that tweet again. Somebody tweeted out like in week like 14 or something like that. That Darren Waller this year, I think, was number one in the league in terms of percentage of routes where he was bracketed, where mm-hmm. where defenses mm-hmm. would put two guys over him. And so obviously, if Darren Waller's out there, he's going to command a lot of attention. And that should be a good thing for Hunter Renfro and Zay, Zay Jones, Jones and whoever else is running routes for the Raiders. But I mean, if you're the Chargers and you see Darren Waller out there and you're like, all right, let's we gotta honor this, but then you you know, play a couple of drives, and you're like, oh, that yeah. guy can't move. Yeah, exactly. Then you're like, oh, okay, we don't have to bracket him right. anymore. So that's the fascinating part on Darren Waller is simply how much attention can he command from the Chargers, even if he's not actually 100%. Yes. Even if he doesn't, like, make any big plays in the game, do the Chargers still basically respect him the same way you would have the first time you played when he's 100% healthy? Like, do you still say, oh, it's Darren Waller. We're going to bracket him more often. We're going right. to pay attention to him. Or is it, eh? That guy can't run, so we'll just leave one linebacker near him and, and hope he doesn't make yeah. a big play. Like no, that's, yeah. that's I'm curious to see if, if he does, in fact, play. But the whole the whole thing, the one of the main consistent things we've heard from Basaccia is about Waller in practice, and they need to see him in practice before they put him back in a game. Limited yesterday, he said today's a big day. So I, I have to imagine if he practices today, even if it's, still, even if it's still limited, if he practices today and yeah. it, you know isn't in a ton of pain or something like that, I, He's probably I think playing. he plays. So if for whatever reason he doesn't practice today, if he shows up and is like, eh, this is too much pain, then I wouldn't right. count on him being out there right. on Sunday for the Raiders. But we'll see. And again, we'll see what how healthy he actually is because that's that's what this offense, well, aside from the offensive line, that's what this offense has been dying for is a, a second legitimate weapon. Like Hunter Renfro's been awesome. They got Zay Jones to have a hundred yard game against the Colts. I don't think that happens. Again. I don't think it does. I mean, he had a hundred. I mean, it was career high. He had a great game, like one twenty four, whatever it was. But the point is, it was a career high at that point. I don't think you go back to back. Right. So you, you need that second weapon. So it's not just Hunter Renfro. And if Waller's healthy, we know Waller is that guy. We know right. Waller is that. But 
is he healthy? I don't know. And getting ahead of ourselves, because obviously they have to still get in. But if they get to the playoffs, right, does any of this change in, in a week, right? Are we having the same conversation about Josh Jacobs is not 100% and he's fighting through whatever and they need to – I mean, they were doing it with the Colts. They were splitting some carries there. Like, we were getting yeah. some Peyton Barber in the second half because – The shoulder? Yeah, Josh Jacobs. Like, he just – you could just tell the way he was walking after plays right. that he was he was not 100%. So, do we get Peyton more Peyton Barber? Do we get more Foster Moreau? Like, does, that's, does Darren Waller play 100% of the snaps? Like, if he comes back, does he? Because normally he I would. guess it depends on what you said. If you, you have to watch him for three yeah. or four plays, and if he can't run, then he's not going to play yeah. 100% of the snaps. I mean, normally he'd play 95% oh, of the Raiders' snaps if he's yeah. good to go. So that's the other thing is like, do you, is Darren Waller out there for, hey, it's third and eight? We got to pick up a first down, so get Waller in there. But on first and 10, we're letting Foster Moreau handle it. Or is Waller out there for every single play? They're getting the five or the six. Oh, what a disaster. The seed? Yeah. You think so? Well, I mean, if it goes to Indy, they have the head-to-head there. Yeah. Um, I think they're getting maybe the six. I only say this because there's no non-stops to Buffalo. And I'm very <laughs> and I'm very depressed. Do you know how hard it is to get to Buffalo? I mean, so, do you know how hard that is? So yesterday we talked about who the Raiders <laughs> should want to play. You're now looking at it. Oh, I just, I just look at it as to where would be the worst place in terms of trying to get to travel-wise. And it's Buffalo by far. Okay. Is Kansas City the easiest? Yes. Okay. So Cincinnati's not easy either. So and I, Boston, I guess is second Boston. To you have Kansas a lot of City. flies. Yeah, yeah, a lot of flights. So but Buffalo. Oh. So where you want to go? You want to go number one, Kansas, Kansas City. City. Number, number two, two, Boston. Boston because it's direct. Number three, Cincinnati. Number three, a million. Th- well, no, okay, a million things happen. One Tennessee. That's and true. A That's million, true. A million still things on the happen. Table. I forgot about happen. that. Yeah, yeah. Two Kansas City. And then I won't even talk to you about others because it's so depressing <laughs> to think about. <laughs> I'll go Tennessee, Kansas City, and after that I don't talk because Adam and I were searching yesterday for Buffalo, and, and Adam's a Buffalo guy. And the first thing he said is, dude, you don't want Buffalo. He goes, I've got all family there. He goes, it is. Adam actually said, he goes, if it's Buffalo, don't worry, I'm going to Cleveland and I'm driving through the snow. He goes, I'm not even going to Buffalo. <laughs> he goes, it's only two and a half hours. I said, Adam, I don't know if I want to drive through a snowstorm. Are, are we going to have to make new imaging that's like live from the Marriott because he can't leave his hotel <laughs> exactly. in Buffalo? Ad, and Adam's like, don't worry, it's all freeway. I said, have you seen the news? <laughs> <laughs> we'll take the train. We'll take the, oh. Coming up next, the Mountain West going to have any basketball games like any this year? You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. We're getting Australian press conferences. That's good. We'll Who did they cancel? Soccer? Yeah. No, Novak Djokovic. Oh, I didn't. Okay. Novak. Yeah, he was in the airport for like nine hours and yeah. they finally said, yeah, this guy's not taking the shot. Can Go we please home. put him on another yeah. plane? We'll get into Novak Djokovic uh, a little bit later in the show, but UNLV basketball. Is not going to play on Saturday. They were scheduled to play Air Force. Game has been postponed due to COVID issues with UNLV. They were supposed to play last night against San Jose State. That was uh, postponed a while ago due to issues with San Jose State. Their next scheduled game is not until January 11th against New Mexico. We will see if UNLV uh, is ready to go uh, when January 11th rolls around. Now, First off, on the UNLV side and the Mountain West sort of protocols here, or regulations, a college basketball team in the Mountain West, and I believe most conferences have adopted this same philosophy, 
if you have seven players and one coach, you are considered able to play a conference game. Mm -hmm. Seven and one is the rule. So if all your coaches got wiped out with COVID, you can say, hey, we don't have any coaches. We're not showing up with just the players. Or if all but five or six of your players got wiped out, you'd be like, hey, we got five guys. We're not showing up to play that. But if you have seven and one, you're still technically able to play. So should we assume that UNLV has less than seven players available right now or maybe less than or zero coaches available? I mean, I think it's more sensible to assume the players. Probably. Than the coaches. Although... If they had seven players, they could come back with one coach and after we'd say Coach Kruger and we'd be looking at Lon. <laughs> Put Lon, Lon on a plane with seven yeah, players. Exactly. Seven Let's players. Go. Lon, you, you need to coach tonight. So at least it's Coach Kruger. <laughs> uh no, I would think it's seven players. I would it, that makes I mean, look, it's COVID, so I don't they could all have it. I who knows? I mean, it's going around so much and so many people are catching this now with the new variant. Um, I hope they're okay all all okay, but if you told me it was the seven players, I might I might accept that more than the coaches to, for the coaches all to get wiped out. So what we've seen in the Mountain West, there have only been ten conference games that have been Total. played. Ten Mountain West Total. games have been played. We're in the beginning of January, right? Air Force is the only team in the conference that has played more than one game so far. Um, we had another postponement yesterday because Nevada has gone on pause for the second time this season, which knocked out their game against San Diego State. But what the Mountain West did is San Diego State is now going to play Colorado State, a game that was originally scheduled for March 1st. They're moving that up to this weekend. San Diego State, Colorado State will play this weekend. So that is, we talked about this a little bit, schedule flexibility in the Mountain West where you got a lot of games being postponed right now. If you're going to have any chance at getting in 12, 15 games for teams, you're going to have to start moving games around. They have finally done that with San Diego State and Colorado State, so we are going to see one of those moved up. I'm curious how many more get moved. I imagine they want to, but it's very hard to move games when there's so many teams that are testing positive. Like When you have five, six, seven teams that can't play, your options are very limited for moving games around because those teams can't play. Yeah, I'm. we talked about this before the show. I'll be surprised... If they don't get, let's say whoever wins, let's say Colorado State's going to win the league, I'll be surprised if they've played more than twelve yeah, conference. I games. mean, talking like ten and ten and one, yeah, ten and two exactly. is your conference ten and two, record, and that's your conference champion. It, it might be. And here, here's the other. This is the um, this is the sports angle on it, not the life angle on it. But because not all of the teams are on COVID pause right now. That likely means that teams are going to be on COVID pause right. two weeks from now, three weeks from yeah. now. So, like, right now, there's a handful of teams on COVID pause, but there's a handful of teams that aren't. But in two weeks, it they might... Colorado State and San Diego State. Right, they might switch, yep. and it might be the other teams. And so it's going to be really hard to get in games because, again, the sports angle of it is, well, if everybody just was on pause right now, cool, you'll figure out a way to get it done in two weeks when everybody's able to come back. But... Since it's staggered, and hell, Nevada's on their second pause anyway, so it might end up working out where everybody goes on pause a second time, it's not great for the Mountain West. Now, again, from the sports angle here, you're UNLV. You're Kevin Kruger in year one. You're eight and six. You're missing games against San Jose State and Air Force, possibly the two worst teams in the conference. Would you rather miss those games, or would you rather miss the Colorado States and the San Diego States of the conference? 
<laughs> first year, you should say the latter, but I think the former because I think he wants as many wins as possible. So this team is not going to the NCAA tournament. Right. So you want and wins. Like if, if this was an NCAA tournament level team, if this was Colorado state or San Diego state right. or Boise state, you'd be saying, okay, no, sure. you want quality. quality we, don't want, we don't even want to play air force or San right. Jose state. Give us the good teams as right. much as we can get them. But for UNLV and for Kevin Kruger, I think you want those to at least be able to pad your record a little sure. bit. So, because here's the thing, like if UNLV had they San Jose state and air force, they're not playing them. That game, those games might never be played. Right. They're going to try to make them up, but those games might never be played which is basically two wins that UNLV just had wiped off its record. New Mexico is also bad, right? If that's their next game, if that gets wiped off, you're talking about three wins. And now all of a sudden your conference record, it doesn't mean the team's worse, but all of a sudden, instead of being, you know, a a nine and nine mountain West team, six and nine sounds really bad. And now all of a sudden you're like right at 500, maybe below 500, depending on who else you play the rest of the year. From a, from a perception standpoint, it's not going to look great if Kevin Kruger's first year is under 500. So I think if you're UNLV, you, you're a little upset that you're missing some of the potential easy right. wins and potentially just going to have to play all the good teams in the conference at the, at the end of the schedule. So I'd be a little annoyed that you're missing the good or the bad teams while potentially having to play. I all think the good for teams. a first year, especially. Yeah, I think you want the are I, I think you want your record over 500. In both, I think you want your over over five hundred, especially in conference. And you you know, what were you picked? What were they picked? Seventh. Seventh. You know, you want to finish fourth, and so you can say, "Hey, we picked seventh. Yep. We finished fourth. We have a lot of you know momentum into the next year, even though momentum doesn't exist. Uh, we have a lot of juice going into the next season." So I, I'm with you on that. I think he'd rather get the wins at this point. Again, maybe he goes win three games in three days. Who knows? I I, I put that to the side. I want to just see how many games they get in before we worry about the conference tournament. Yeah. I mean, well, how many games are they going to play? Although, I mean, <laughs> I mean, if Colorado State wins this thing, we, you and I said yesterday we think there's going to be two teams because I think someone else is winning the conference tournament. Yeah, I do too. Uh, assuming they all can all play the conference tournament. Well, that's that's the other thing. That's the best point. How many teams at that point? That's a while away, but this doesn't seem to be going away within this conference. And you know, you told me the Pac-12 is also a mess. Some conferences are playing every game. Some conferences haven't. WCC, the WCC hasn't played a game yet. No, zero conference games. Uh, San Francisco uh, is going they to play played Loyola. Loyola. Tonight. Are they going to tonight? Right. They're playing like they had conference games wiped out, and they just found somebody. Yeah. It's not even in their conference. They're across the country. Like, eh. Well, didn't you say us. UCLA's going to play Long Beach State? Yeah, UCLA plays Long Beach they State tonight. UCLA hasn't. Those teams haven't played yeah, in forever. Almost a month for both programs. So it's it's certainly not a Mountain West. They might be the worst. I don't know. They might be the worst. They're not. Yeah, they're but, near the worst. But it, they're not the only ones. There are other yeah. conferences that are having some massive issues of getting games in and. Again, we'll see. We're going to have a bizarre, like, Colorado State's going to play 12 games. UNLV is going to play, like, seven. And we got to figure out how the hell you rank these teams for the Mountain West Tournament. Coming up next, Gilbert Manzano joins the show to get us ready for Raiders and Chargers. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Be part of the conversation on the Finley Kia text line at 69187. Finley Kia, come see a Kia on West Sahara. Joining us now, Gilbert Manzano, covering the Chargers for the SoCal News Group. Good morning, Gilbert. How you feeling about a maybe, hopefully, winner-take-all Sunday night game between the Chargers and Raiders? Yeah, you know, we're all worried about the Jaguars seeing the Colts, huh? <laughs> but, but I'm doing well, Tyler and Ed. Well, as I said before you came on, uh, good luck if the Chargers win because it takes nine planes to get to Buffalo. 
So I'm very excited for you to travel to Buffalo and to spend 14 hours in the air. Uh, oh, oh no, I don't want to do that, Ed. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I don't even like room on the plane. I don't. I don't even want to go to the emergency uh, uh, seat or section. You know that already, Ed. Uh, I don't want to go to Buffalo. <laughs> All right, I am curious. Has the quote Joey Bosa gave after the first meeting this year, where he basically said Derek Carr crumbles before you get there. Has that been brought up at all around the Chargers this week going into Sunday's game? Oh, yeah. All the beat reporters are ready, ready to ask Joey Bosa about that, you know, finding clever ways to ask him, like, hey, what did you mean about this? And, and, and what did you get about this? And it uh, turned out Joey Bosa uh, was not going to speak yesterday. He's going to speak today. So we had to aim all our questions at his teammate, Justin Jones, uh, <laughs> asking him, hey, Justin, uh, so did you hear the trash talk between, you know, Derek Carr or, or, or Drew Locke. So we're trying to get some quotes out of that. You know, as reporters, we got to get other quotes to kind of chime in. So we're all ready for that Joy Bosa feature that hopefully comes out later today <laughs> if you still want to talk to us. Uh, but there was a good quote, though, from Justin Jones, you know, defensive tackle. And um, I asked him because there was some trash talk between Drew Locke and, you know, Joy Bosa last week. So it kind of ties into this week with Derek Carr. And I said, uh, you know, did you notice the trash talk? You know, does it seem like Joey Bosa likes to, you know, he feeds off the, the trash talk. Does he play, you know, at a controlled rage? And he said, yeah, Drew Locke did, you know, poke the bear. And when you poke the bear, you get mauled. So, uh, and then I asked him, uh, is Derek Carr one of those type of quarterbacks that like to poke the bear? Uh, he kind of, you know, you know, sidestepped it and said, uh, it's a good rivalry there. So uh, we're all curious to see what Joey says today at, and actually, we're more excited what happens on the field. Who is Drew Locke trash talking? What on earth does that guy have to say? <laughs> I, I don't know, but it, it, it was kind of funny. Drew Locke <laughs> actually somehow agitated Derwin James, one of the nicest guys on the Chargers. And I think he told Derwin James, uh, no, no picks today, no interceptions. And that just rubbed Derwin James out the wrong way. Uh, he dropped an interception, though, for him. And then he told uh, Joey Bosa, hey, you look tired on the field. And then the next play, uh, Joey proceeds to get a tackle for loss. So uh, whatever Drew Locke is doing, uh, it's not working so far. <laughs> I actually think that's great, though. That Drew, guy that Drew Locke, who is, who's absolutely terrible and can't play, is trash-talking people. <laughs> I imagine he was doing it from the sideline while watching Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> exactly. And just never stopped. You just look never tired, shut up. Bosa. Yeah, just never shut up. Uh Gilbert, I want to ask you about, uh, let's uh, go to Justin Herbert, because Brandon Staley was on a show this week, and he was talking about when they came on, you know, it was interesting because he had back-to-back years, he had different coaches, different coordinators, how he was going to respond to the offense, and they didn't really know, but he's gotten better and better with that. Beginning of the year, what were your thoughts on this in terms of he had such an incredible rookie year, how he would do under, you know, new, uh, new coaches and new system? Yeah, you know, it was a little bit of an unknown because, you know, you know, Brandon Staley was a, you know, 38-year-old head coach, uh, first-year head coach, uh, defensive background, was coaching at Division Three college football at John Carroll University, you know, four or five years ago. You're thinking, is this guy, is this guy even ready to, you know, take the reins on this, you know, really talented quarterback who's coming off a memorable rookie year, offensive rookie of the year, and then your, one of your first hires is the offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi, who couldn't make it work with Matthew Stafford and Calvin Johnson in Detroit, got fired after a year and a half, and you start thinking, well, there's a lot of unproven coaches here. And then you start thinking, are they going to even hire a former head coach on this staff to you know, provide experience? That didn't happen either, so we were wondering, 
know, you know, how can this coaching staff make it work with this talent? And then you start asking Brandon Staley about this and all the unknown and all the lack of experience, and you start saying the right things. And, you know, a lot of people like to give, uh, you know, advice for some reason. Uh, and there, there, a lot of people were saying, hey, this, this is a really good quarterback. You don't want to mess him up. You don't want to break him. This is his fifth coaching staff in six years. Keep it simple. Uh, make it easy for him. Don't challenge the guy. And, and I think that made Brandon Staley laugh. How, how are you not going to challenge a quarterback? You know, probably the, the, the toughest job in sports. So I think he wanted to challenge him every single day, push the best out of him, bring, you know, bring out the best, uh, find other skill sets. Like we saw what he did a year ago. You, you would imagine this guy could do everything already. But they were working on the little things. And you just hear Brandon Staley talk and break it down and, you know, he, 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 he likes to, you know, talk X's and O's and scheme, and, and, and he's a big talker. But, you know, when you ask Brandon Staley for, uh, to sum up the little things, you know, one thing that stood out to me was, you know, he, he, he's playing at a controlled pace where, yeah, he, he likes to escape the pocket and create plays down the field. But if you really kind of, you know, study it, you know, Brandon Staley was saying he plays with a wider base this year. Uh, when you have a wider base, it kind of lets you, you know, you know, move around a little more, but also keep your feet set, uh, have your timing and rhythm down the field. And you see that with the playmakers, the Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, and even guys like Jaden Guyton and Josh Palmer. Uh, so when there's a lot of kind of chaos around him on the in the pocket, he finds that controlled area, and that leads to you know accuracy, uh, good decisions. And you know when you have accuracy and the arm talent, that kind of expands your playbook. And you're really seeing Joe Lombardi get creative. With all these plays for Austin Eckler as well, uh, you know they're tight end. So uh, it's been fun to kind of see this coaches have grow along with Justin Herbert. And and the main thing was don't screw up Justin Herbert. And they have not done that because you know, he was named a, a, a Pro Bowl starter in the AFC. Uh, that kind of validates the work that they did this year. If the Chargers blow it, if they lose this game, miss the playoffs, how does the opinion of Justin Herbert and Brandon Staley change? You know, it, it would take a hit. You know. Especially with, with Justin Herbert, you know, I'll probably write about this this weekend. Like I was mentioned, this guy's very talented in the world. You know, all his all the talent in the world. Uh, you know, potentially already a top five quarterback. I might be kind of pushing it there to for sure a top ten. Uh, you, you know, like I mentioned, a starter in the Pro Bowl. So there's a lot of these accolades and attention and a lot of hype. And but right now his record in the NFL is 15 and 16 with a win. You go into the postseason, your 500 career also 16 and 16. To go with all these records you've broken in your first two years in the NFL, uh, but you can't really call Justin Herbert the best, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL if he's not doing it in January or in the playoffs. The best quarterbacks do that every single year in the postseason. Uh, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson. These guys are proven guys in the playoffs. In the playoffs, so you know maybe it's unfair to put that much pressure on the guy. But if you're really the real deal, like we all are assuming you are. And, and, and he probably will be, you know, if he doesn't win this game. You know, there's guys like, I don't know if it's a knock on him, but guys like Matthew Stafford are very talented, but they don't play in the playoffs, and you kind of forget about them a little bit. Uh, kind of maybe the same case with Derek Carr a little bit. Talented as well, but it's kind of like a, eh, it, it's nice, but, you know, where's the playoffs? So I think for Herbert, it's, it's pressure in terms of that point, but it's kind of funny to talk about because only two seasons in, but in the NFL, people love to talk about that rookie contract and making the most out of it before they get paid. So it is a lot of pressure on that point. And I think for Brandon Staley, his pressure started last week because that game in Houston was a bad look. Uh, they would have won that game. They probably would have been in the playoffs today. You're not talking about 
winning any kind of scenario. You're talking about spoiling for the Raiders. Uh, and, and Brandon City had a lot of hype to start the year. You know, the analytics community loved him. Aggressive on fourth down. Uh, smooth talker. Uh, you know, buys you in with everything he's talking about. Kind of Ted Lasso-like, I uh, believe, and all that. And then he kind of took a hit. And then you look at the defense. The defense has been pretty bad, and that, that should be his baby. He is a defensive guru. You have Derwin James healthy. You have Joey Bosa healthy. And where are the results? So, uh, you start breaking it down. It's kind of like, okay. It's, it's a nice, it's a nice start. You know, they were pretty bad a year ago, and you're nine and seven as a first year head coach. That's, that's a lot of credit to him and his coaching staff. Uh, but the defense needs a lot of work, and I think they, the game in Denver, especially with the, his uh, his mentor Vic Fangio, got the best of him the first time around. Uh, can he take care of business and just handle it and go into the next week and, and continue your playoff lives and you know, they, they took control against the Broncos, so I think that for me was a big step that uh, when you need to be focused on one game and, and beat your opponent to keep your playoff hopes alive, uh, Brandon City proved that. But now it gets bigger, the stakes are higher, a lot more pressure. Uh, but for the most part, you know, I, you know, I've, I've, I'm a fan of Brandon Staley, what he's done done in the first year. But same thing with quarterbacks, same thing for coaches. you got to win uh, when the pressure's on. Uh, putting both aside because we know how he feels, do you get the sense – that the Chargers have the same kind of intensity about the Raiders uh, playing them instead of someone else this week? Yeah, you know, in terms of like, you know, it's a rivalry game and, you know, kind of have hatred for the opponents. Is that what you mean, Ed? Sorry. What do you mean, Ed? The, the hatred and the rivalry? Yeah, more the hatred yeah. and the rivalry instead of both. You know, both obviously we heard his comments, but, you know, they're not playing, I don't know, Denver this week. They're playing the Raiders. Do you get the sense around? Because I, I get the sense around the Raiders and the Zooms. It's just different when these teams play. Yeah, you know, these are rivalries, you know, especially, you know, with the Chiefs and the Broncos. But it does feel a little different with, with the Raiders name because the whole, uh, you know, they're in California for the longest and there's a lot of L.A. Raider fans that take over their, their stadium. And I'm actually kind of intrigued to see, you know, how the Chargers do it on, on the Vegas side because maybe you guys could talk to us, talk about this a little more, but it seems like a lot of, you know, you know, fans from the opposing team go to Vegas, you know, it's a, it's a tourist attraction, a destination city, so maybe the, the fan base hasn't been as loud in Las Vegas just yet. So I'm wondering about Chargers are going to do kind of the same thing, go from L.A. to short drive and kind of give them a taste of their own medicine. Maybe I'm reaching there, uh, but I'm curious on that. But, yeah, it, it seems like everybody on the Chargers, the players and coaches are, are pretty excited for this. Uh, but, you know, with, with Brandon Staley, he likes to kind of tame down everything. You know, he was a cliche that, oh, it's just another opponent kind of thing. So you don't get the juicy quotes, which I, you know, I kind of don't like about that. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's funny, though. You know, with, with Brandon, you know, they, they asked him, you know, hey, you know, what happens if there's a tie and, and, the, and the Jaguars beat the Colts? And, you know, he's talking about you know, the historic rivalry. You cannot, you know, go for ties. you got to be competitive. So, Terms of that point, uh, yeah, they're taking this game pretty seriously. You know, they, they probably don't care who it is, uh, but uh, you, you know, it adds a little more uh, excitement or a motive when you're playing against the Raiders, especially in Las Vegas, because they played there last year that a kind of entertaining game for Thursday night football, where Justin Herbert had the quarterback sneak, but there was no 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 fans in the stands. So, uh, you know, it's kind of a fitting to do it again uh, for the playoffs on the line with people in the stands in Las Vegas. Well, he is Gilbert Manzano covering the Chargers for the SoCal News Group. Gilbert, as always, we appreciate it. Thank you, Gilbert. Thank you, Ed. Tyler. Take care of yourself. See you Sunday. All right. Coming up next, Ryan Reeves and Gerard Gallant are here. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. 
Coming up later in the show, we got tickets to the Golden Knights and Maple Leafs a little later this month. We'll also get to Kyrie Irving's return to the Brooklyn Nets. But first, Ryan Reeves, Gerard Gallant are in town. Who gets a bigger cheer from the crowd? Ryan Reeves. No doubt about it? No doubt about it. Okay. Ryan Reeves. Do they get separate welcome back videos, or do oh. they put them in the same one like they did with uh, Schmidt and Stassi? Same one. You think they get give them the same I, one? I think they give them the same treatment. Oh, I think you got to do separate ones, right? I'm not saying you don't have to do separate ones. I think you I do just separate think ones. I, I wonder how, I have really wondered how GMGM and George McPhee have felt about all these tribute videos. Now, obviously, they have to sign off on them because they have to sign off on, you know, if, if you if walk If they wear into, gold helmets. I mean, they have to sign off. And if you can, can I get a drink of water at practice, please? There's a water <laughs> fountain. Over. Well, can, you know, can Greeny and uh, goats get water? Well, we don't know about that. So, uh, I, I just wonder if they're all into these things because they're <laughs> the one who moved on from these people. I think the player side is going to be pretty easy for them because they can easily rationalize it with it's a business. And yeah, Ryan right. Reeves, we wanted the He's salary really cap space, and, but it's a business. We, we've traded tons of players away. Flurry might be a little bit different because the agent tweeted out a picture with the sword in the back with the boar's name on it. The Gallant one's interesting because that is... Of all the moves they've made, that is absolutely one you can look back and say, did they need to do that? Right. Like you right. can, Flurry was, was an unpopular move, but you can absolutely look around and say. You can justify that for sure. Why they had to trade yeah. Marc-Andre Flurry. But the Gallant one, you can look around and say, did you need to do that? Right? right. Did you need to fire Gerard Gallant in the middle of the season and bring in Pete DeBoer? DeBoer has been very successful. They've had a great record since yeah. he's been here. They still haven't won the Stanley Cup though. So it's not like they can point to it and say, Pete DeBoer won us the Stanley Cup. It was a great decision. Eh, Pete DeBoer's made the conference right. finals, and that's that's it. But so that's I think the Gallant one's a little bit different, a little bit harder because you that think they is, do win though. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No doubt. I mean, if you don't, I think you're looking pretty bad. Right. I right. mean, that guy because took people a, are expecting that guy took an expansion team to the Stanley, Stanley Cup, Cup final. No. Like every time Gallant shows up at T-Mobile, they should probably play a welcome <laughs> back video three years from now. Yes. Please welcome back Turk. <laughs> Like, no doubt about it. So, is there any chance, Dave Shane tweeted out this quote from Ryan Reeves, is there any chance the Golden Knights fans would boo Ryan Reeves? Because he said, I'm hoping I get a couple of boos for running somebody, legally, of course. Is there anything he could do that would lead the fans to boo him tonight? No. I don't think so. Not tonight. I don't think they would boo him. I think he'd, he'd have, well, all the good, all the players people love aren't playing. He would have to, like... Injure Jonathan Marshall or, Mark or something, right? But the Stone playing, maybe? No, no. Yeah. But those kind of level but, of players, right. he'd have to do something. He'd have to like take a massive cheap shot at right. like one of the beloved players, which I I don't think he's going to no. do. Like I don't think you're going to see that from Ryan Reeves. Now, more important question: He's got to fight somebody, right? He has to fight. <laughs> there has to be. A I fight. want him to. I want. I want Gallant to start him. And then he just looks at whoever's on the upside. He fights says, him. Yeah, let's yes, go. that'd be let's a great go. start to the game. Yeah. Ryan Reeves, yeah. I don't care if it's Colasar or Marsha, so would be hilarious because right. he comes up to his waist. Like, I don't care, but he's got to fight somebody yes. during the game. And you're right. First, it's just first, before the puck drops, put it'd him be out great. there. It'll be fun. He did that uh, when Tyson Fury was in the. Uh, oh, that's right. I forgot about that. I forgot that. who he did. I don't remember, but he, uh, but he I said it was afterwards. an island. I thought it was an island, but he said afterwards, he told the guy, look, Fury's here, so we got to go. <laughs> and they dropped the gloves before the puck he was dropping. They went. I mean, that was actually that was actually perfect. That would be cool if he did it. I don't know who Pete would counter with on the change. So, and who he would. Right? I mean, yeah. I mean, if he saw Reeves out there to start. 
He'd oh, probably... Gallant starting Reeves. There's no... If, no, I'm just if saying Gallant if he doesn't did, start Reeves, fire him. Yeah, if, Get out of the building, Gerard you, Gallant. You, 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 you start Reeves, and then, <laughs> and then I guess uh, Pete could counter with someone like Colasar. Yeah. Because we, he might think that's going to happen, by the way. Gerard Gallant made us. He made us sit here and watch one of the greatest teams in the NHL start Ryan Reeves game after game after game because it sent the tone or whatever the hell they thought that did. <laughs> if he doesn't start him when they both come back to T-Mobile, get out of the building, yeah. Gerard. Come He'll on. start. It's the one thing we need from you. Start Ryan Reeves. And play him like 30 minutes, too. Like, he just never well, leaves the ice. I don't know about that. You don't need to win the game. <laughs> Winning's un- irrelevant. You're Ryan playing, Reeves with a hat trick. You're Listen. playing Michael Amadio. Like, you're not playing a good Golden Knights team. Ryan Reeves might be on the third line of this, the first line of this team. I'm waiting around just to see the tweets at about 11.30. First goalie off the ice. Oh, it's going to be fun. Ooh, I'm going to say Robin Leonard. And then Pete DeBoer's like, I'm not confirming yes, who's starting Robin or Leonard. not. If Ro- Ryan Reeves fights Robin Leonard. Oh, that'll be oh, fun. No, no. We're saving, right we're saving the Robin Leonard fight for Saturday against Flurry. That's what True. we really need because that would be yeah. the best thing that could happen.